0: I wrote a book called The Clubhouse Creator, and it's it's really focused on growing an audience, building relationships with that audience, and then monetizing the audience. So we go through the art of voice, we go through how to build community, and then ultimately we go through a pretty standard coaching funnel. You know, pretty standard, have your audience, invite them to a training, invite them to your community, invite them to a webinar, invite them to a, a workshop, and then ultimately they'll, they'll come into some kind of a, a purchase of some sort.
1: Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer and I will be your host. Today's guest, I wanna welcome Gary Henderson. Gary and I have known each other for a little more than 10 years. We met at his amazing conference that he did in 2013 on South Beach, I'll never forget it. And fast forward to today, he just launched his book today on Amazon called The Clubhouse Creator. It's all about building your audience, deepening relationships, and accelerating success in the creator economy, which I am very intrigued with. And I have been taking a deep dive into Web 3.0, crypto, and NFTs. You've been hearing me talk about it lately. So Gary also inspired me so much that I invested in his creator coin called The Gary Coin, and I joined his Discord community. So, in this episode, we talk about PR 3.0. What does that look like? And in my opinion, it's all about community. What does Web 3.0 world of creators and crypto look like? We're going to talk about why Discord is the new platform and Facebook might be less hot than we thought. And we're going to learn about the platforms called Raleigh and Clubhouse, which you know about, and what to expect in the future and what in the world is going on and why you should join Gary.Club and its perks, including a daily coffee at 5 a.m. Eastern time, which if you want to meet me there, that's where I'm hanging out typically at 5 a.m. having coffee with Gary's club and everybody in that creator community. So without further ado, let's welcome Gary Henderson. everybody. Uh, Lisa Bayer here with Social Peer Secrets, and I'm so excited to introduce Gary Henderson to meet you. Hi, Gary. How are you?
0: Hey, Lisa. I'm well. How are you?
1: Good, good. So little background. Gary and I go way back to before 2013, but 2013 was the year that all the magic happened where he held this conference that was amazing on South Beach and, you know, digital marketers conference. And now here we are, fast forward to today. And Gary is now transitioned and transformed and reset and is focusing on Clubhouse and Creator Coins and like the, what I'm going to call the future of public relations, which is PR 3.0. And it's here right now, it's not the future. So, hey, Gary, how are you? And why don't you give us a little bit of your own kind of intro, starting with that conference that you had in South Beach to where we are today?
0: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's great to reconnect. It was, I, you know, we'd followed each other on Twitter and then I saw your name pop into my Discord server. I keep a pretty close watch on that. I have one of our mutual friends, Peter Shankman, in my head. And whenever Peter shared the story of Hero and how he answered 300,000 emails that very first year personally, I do Discord that way. I look at every single person that comes into the community. I'm watching every new supporter. So when I saw your name pop in, I was like, I know Lisa. And then I was like, I think this is the Lisa that I know. And I started poking around and it was, So it was so awesome to reconnect again. I've had the opportunity to reconnect with, with some people from back in that day, you know, after that conference, it was, it was fun. It was a creative moment for me. I had so much, creative energy in south beach you know putting together an event putting together the speakers the yacht the the top of the clevelander the happy hours just my vibe and my energy and it was so fun but yet I, it was it was kind of a pinnacle moment for me in the in my agency world it was like i kind of realized i was too small to be a big player and I didn't want to be that big. I had so many opportunities coming at me from big companies and I could never get past all the the restrictions because we were just small. We were a six or seven person team. You know, so when when big companies like Lisa after, you know, you and I saw each other down there like community coffee, we flew down and we met with them. They had a quarter billion dollar budget and they were interviewing us uh, like a six man team. Dollywood did the same thing, NBC did the same thing. So we were getting all these opportunities and could never get through under any of this underwriting. We were just too small. And I think I that just, mindset
1: has changed today. You know, I think it, that larger companies now are actually more comfortable hiring smaller teams because they're going to get better value. But it, you know, I, I can remember those days that still happening today, but I think that era that you're talking about, 2013, we were in the height of of Web 2.0 or PR yeah. 2.0. And now it's it's almost so ironic because the day that I listened to your interview on Hustle & Flowchart, I was driving back from NFT Basel mm-hmm. and I felt at NFT Basel, similar to how I felt at your conference, so excited, so inspired. There was, you know, the same thing, there was like yachts and it was South Beach and it was happening. And, yeah. and now we're here like almost 10 years later and we're looking at web 3.0, PR 3.0. And this is all going to happen much quicker than it than it's happened in the past 10 years. And I'm just like so impressed with what you've basically embraced. and now you're you're taking it and you're sharing all of your wisdom in your community. And I just want to back up a second too, to talk about Discord because, The audience might not be that familiar with Discord. Like Facebook groups is like so common. So just kind of like explain your platform and, and, you know, what the difference is between, you know, in your eyes, Discord to let's say a Facebook group or any other type of forum type of platform.
0: Yeah, so I'm a personal brand. I sell access. And at different levels, you get different access to me. The problem I have with Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or Slack Slack's okay, but it's just, it's Slack, is you have to move people. So Discord's nothing but a Facebook group. Has a couple extra bells and whistles, but it's kind of the same. It's a social network. It's a community. But when you're in a Facebook group, you know, Lisa, if if you had a big Facebook group and you had a thousand people in it, and then if you sold 15 of them into a, a program or they became your clients, you would move those 15 people to another group. What you did is you just re- you just pulled your best testimonials out of the big public group and moved them over. Well, in Discord, it's all role-based. So people, everyone has access, and the more roles you get, or the more keys you get, or the more doors you unlock, the more rooms and channels you get to see. But you will get access to everything else you've had access to the whole time. So it streamlines a community build, and it gives you some velvet ropes that you can hold things behind. So, like in my community for example i have coffee every single morning but you have to have one of my gary coins a cryptocurrency in order to get coffee so you you can get in the community you can hang out there but you can't get coffee without having a gary coin there's no way i could ever accomplish that using slack or facebook or anywhere else so it just allows me to gamify business it's it's fun there's i don't know i think it's the number four social network it's microsoft tried to buy them and put in a, a multi-billion dollar offer and Discord said no. So they're, I think they've got some pretty big plans. Last I looked, they were over 200 million monthly active users. So they're they're yeah. quite popular.
1: Well, I think one of the things that everybody's loving about Discord too, is there's not the algorithm, it's not Facebook, you're not controlled. You have a lot more freedom to build community and interact and customize things like you were just saying. And that was one of the big key messages I got from NFT Basil was that, like, the word Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg is like, nobody even wants to say that word in this, you know, in this kind of like Web
0: 3.0 world, which uh, is super It's important, though, because you kind of have a bit of a mainstream connection that's going to collide here. Yeah. And mainstream, like, if you think of what they just did with the Matrix NFT launch. I don't know if you saw that one,
1: but they just dropped
0: 100,000 matrix NFTs and they sold them with US dollars. So for 50 bucks, you bought one and they sold 100,000 of them. So I think Lisa, as we're early adopters, you and I, I mean, you were at this conference, you were like way forward thinking, right? They hate Meta, Facebook, Zuckerberg, that concept. But mainstream America, mainstream world, they love it because it's easy. Right.
1: Right. They it's want like they network. want
0: centralization, right? They want <laughs> they want to be able to call customer support when somebody steals their NFT. Like right. that's what they want. So we're gonna end or I think we're gonna end up with this really fun collide of the decentralization mindset and the 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 where's my support mindset. Yeah, and, and I think it's gonna be fun where it lands. I think we're going to end up with a couple of different audiences here.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. So tell us about your book. I want to talk about that because that's actually dropping officially tomorrow on Amazon. I've already pre-ordered it. Super excited because your book really, I'm going to say, unlocks the secrets of Clubhouse being a creator and Clubhouse. So tell us more about what you have to expect in that
0: book yeah so you know I'd served serve clients for years and years and years in a, in a kind of a one-to-one relationship agency services and I was burnt out I was tired of it um, I needed a new path I knew I needed to serve one to many and I like to talk so when I landed on Clubhouse I just started answering questions and helping people and I just kind of stumbled into six figures worth of income in the first month and mm-hmm. I it was amazing it was literally it was it was a business insider article that that we documented it was a hundred thousand dollars plus an income documented from january of 2020 straight from clubhouse i was getting messages on instagram of people saying hey i heard you i want to pay you and they were sending me twelve thousand dollars one one fell swoop like it was insanely wild and I saw the opportunity, though, that, that we had always found going to conferences and being so blessed to get to travel and build relationships and network with people. So I wanted to write a book on that. I wrote a book with Hay House. So Hay House, a great publishing company. I wrote a book called The Clubhouse Creator. And it's, it's really focused on growing an audience, building relationships with that audience, and then monetizing the audience. So we go through the art of voice. We go through how to build community. And then ultimately, we go through a pretty standard coaching funnel. You know, pretty standard, have your audience, invite them to a training, invite them to your community, invite them to a webinar, invite them to a, a workshop. And then ultimately they'll, they'll come into some kind of a, a purchase of some sort. Um, it's a small book, it's an easy read. Um, it's a beautiful book, um, looks like this. So awesome book, um, but it's, it's really a relationship book. And that's what it boils down to. It's, it's how to build relationships in a one to small mini or one to a lot mini environment and how to monetize those relationships in a really big way. I mean, I've grown the number eight market cap coin on Rally. I have a, a portfolio of about $1.4 million in crypto that I've been able to build from an audience, audience of about 1,300 people straight from Clubhouse. So, so it's an audience that
1: works. Yeah, so tell us about Rally, like how does that work? How did you get involved with Rally and about your creator coin? Gary coin and also Gary club, Gary, is it
0: club Gary or Gary club? Gary club. So Gary club, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was, I had helped like Lewis Howells and Michael Hyatt and all these influencers build monthly memberships. And I watched our attrition rate 15% every month over and over and over again. And it was, you know, it was a churn and it just sucked. And I wanted to find a different path. I wasn't a crypto, like I wasn't crypto savvy at all, but I learned of this thing called a creator coin. And I, it was where I could have a coin in my name. It's called the Gary coin. So I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I didn't know anything about it. Peter Shankman had a coin. It's called the Shank coin. So I messaged Peter. He said, oh, I don't really know anything about it. It's legit. I got one, but, but I don't really understand it all. But so I trusted Peter and I, I started diving in and looking. And I saw that, you know, I was building a brand on Clubhouse and the VC firm A16Z was backing Rally. So I was like, ooh, there's a nice link there. And then I started looking and doing research and I found, well, Coinbase Ventures was backing Rally. I was like, well, they're pretty legit, Coinbase. So I, I called around, I asked around, I took a shot. I launched my coin in March at about 30 cents, is where it launched. And we're over $20 a coin right now. It's producing for me, a creator, a, I mean, really a full time income. I'm making, in November, I made $36,000 in passive income from my coin. And I grew my portfolio by double. So I went from portfolio value of around $650,000, 700000 to $1.4 in the last 30 days. And I was able to bring passive income in of around
1: $38,000. And what do you think, I mean, is this something that small businesses can, can do? Do you have to be sort of like an influencer? I mean, after going to this conference last week, you know i really had like this kind of big aha moment and then listening to your interview over the past two weeks i just feel like okay so many things are making sense and it's so applicable applicable to small businesses medium sized businesses you don't have to be you know like gucci or you don't have to have a huge audience i mean this is this really could be for any type of business to what I see it as is like taking your, what you're calling your, your, your customers or your clients and call them your community,
0: right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I'll give you a couple of examples of how it could work for really anyone. So let's say that we're a merchandise company. We sell, we sell merchandise. We sell pins or we sell paper or bottles of water, whatever we sell. So we could say, for example, every person who owns one of the Gary coins gets access to buy the merchandise and if you own 10 of the Gary coins then you get access to buy the merchandise early well do you want early access or not yes or no so let's say that you're an author right you could say well I'm an author I will I'll do a private book reading for every person who owns one of my coins So I'll have a book study. It'll be private and it'll be intimate. And all you have to do is own one of my coins. So it becomes a fan club membership in that level. Now, um, Joe from Content Marketing Institute, he has the Mm -hmm. Tilt coin. He pays people to write for him. So he says, if you would like to write for me, because when you're the creator, you get this really nice Genesis token set. So I got 50,000 Gary coins gifted to me as the creator. Those coins are worth about $21 a piece right now. You can do a little math on that and figure out where my portfolio comes from. But I'm able to take those coins now and use them. So one of the things Joe does is he says, if you write for the tilt, I'll pay you if we publish your article. So he's using his own coin to pay. Lisa, I've paid my staff, my entire staff. I have 24 seven staff at Discord. I have developers, we've got a SaaS company, every, my NFT project, every staff is paid with my cryptocurrency. It's funding my entire business. So if you're any kind of business, like early access, unique perks, um, if you're a, a streamer, cool, you can definitely give access if you're a streamer. Portugal the man, they're a pretty popular band. They've got that song that's in like that Volvo commercial or the, the Volkswagen commercial or something. They have a coin. Well, you get access to their merchandise, to the meet and greets in Discord. So you can hang out with the band in Discord. So I can't, I haven't been able to find a type of business that has three, you really need to hit three buckets. You need to have a steady stream of new people that are interested in whatever you're talking about. So you need to have audience growth. You don't need to be flat. You gotta be You got to be going up, okay? You have to have people that want to hold that token for some reason. And you have to have a reason for them to give you that token back, that's it. Now hold the token for me, it's coaching, it's access, it's courses, it's it's things like that. And to give it back to me, whenever I launched my NFT project, I had my community collect 10,500 Gary coin and they sent them back to me and they got NFTs. That was about $300,000 worth of value. So what they're doing is instead of me having to worry like, Lisa, do you have any money on your Amex card? Or, you know, hey, what's in your bank account? like. I get to go into, I ran a clubhouse room this morning, Lisa. I had about 70 people in the room and I had $138,000 worth of Gary coin in that room. Wow. Of my currency, sitting in that room and there's liquidity. Like you can just, they can just pay me. They can buy my services or they could cash back out. It's wild and any business can do this. It is absolutely absurd.
1: I love it. I love it. So talk, talk to me about your NFT, the, the giraffe
0: NFT. Well, we have a community. I have Gary club. We have about 3,200 creators hanging out in discord really focused on making money. How do we make money together? How do we help each other? How do we support each other? How do we collab with each other? You know, like when you have your, your summit coming up, like how do we go support you? How do we show up? How do we help? So we have this community and I, I, I don't know if you know, do you know Chris do? Or do you know of Christo? Happened. So he's a, he's a creator, um, pretty popular YouTube channel. He's got a school. It's called the Future or Future Pro, something like that. And anyway, I saw Christo on Clubhouse and all of his people had this red ring behind their head, kind of, kind of like you, honestly, behind you, your beautiful background there. <laughs> so all of these people in Clubhouse, they have a profile photo and they all have the same ring around their head. And every time I saw these people come in the room, I instantly respected them a little bit more without looking, it was a symbol of of trust. And I said, well, that's cool. I like that, but I couldn't figure it out. And I'd been watching NFT projects. I was writing my book. I didn't have a lot of time to focus. And I finally said, you know, I don't wanna create a ring that goes around the back of somebody's head. I wanna create something we can stand for. So we started digging in and ideating in the community. And I I really leaned into giraffes. They hold their heads high, really smart. Uh, They're really unique. No one else was doing giraffes, so I could kind of own that space. And we launched a giraffe tower for creators. We're doing it different. We have Tower Talks that are kind of like TED Talks. We have a library that's being built to help creators kind of make money and figure all this out. It's all ran by the community. We're making babies, so we're making extra NFTs with our adult giraffes, so we can grow the community and grow the ecosystem. So, the goal for the giraffe tower is every creator in the world has a giraffe in their wallet and they get access to the coolest things that creators need to help them make money and help them grow their community. So we just wanted that little badge or that little symbol and we needed the keys because that NFT, yes, it's, it's, it's pretty and it's a giraffe, but the underlying usage, right? Getting access to live events, getting access to Discord communities, getting access to in real life events like we've had at like all of our giraffes got access to the blockchain conference in Amsterdam two weeks ago. They got access to a speaking conference last month. They all got access to a private boat party in um, Libsyn like two weeks ago. So they're getting access to all these in real life events. They have private access to a party at um, the CES show in Vegas just because they own a giraffe. So it becomes their membership into where creators want to be.
1: And the creators, you know, just to clarify, so this doesn't have to be events that are necessarily about blockchain or crypto or NFTs, like this can apply to your industry, you know, whoever's listening, it could be, you know, the health and beauty industry, you know, events. So it's just, it's creating this community within side that makes sense within your your industry and the events or, you know, the books or the content or whatever you're applying to that special collection. And I think that's the beauty of it. And it's really leveling up. Like, this is like, you know, what I'm looking at is like the new earned media, the new relationship building, the new community building, the new, you know, creators like, you know, that we've been saying are like the new currency.
0: Well, imagine, you know, imagine Lisa when. So. All right, let's say that that Moz dropped an NFT. And they said, we're going to drop an NFT. And when you buy our NFT, it's going to get you access to MozCon. And our software. And the NFT is whatever price. Well, Gary v kind of did that. He did that with Vcon. Mm-hmm. His collection's worth a half billion dollars yeah. with a B. And yeah. Vayner Media is not worth that much. Right. <laughs> Vayner Media has the entire company, all the team, all the resources, all the stuff. VFriends is 10,000 and some NFTs that are his drawings. That have some relatively unique utility under the hood it's a whole new world we live in
1: it it definitely is and that was another thing one of the one of my favorite quotes from the conference last week was that nfts are going to be the new social post yeah right and like if you think about how cluttered and how just fractured social media is right now and how clean and beautiful and personalized and creative nfts are giving every single industry and brand and size business an opportunity right
0: yeah there's i mean there's so many opportunities here i I can't wait i can't wait to see what like the next six months or 12 months or 18 months brings um you know joe's doing his he's doing a new event in may of next year out in scottsdale and he has 100 nfts that'll be dropped and they're unlimited tickets. So every time they run the event every year, you get a free ticket. So he has basically a hundred golden tickets and he'll do, you know I don't know, maybe almost a hundred ETH out of those hundred tickets. That's $400,000 for a hundred seats. And all he has to do is, I mean, it's not when you're running an event for 500 people, it's not that hard to have 600 people there. And you have a hundred of them that paid a pretty substantial amount of money in order to get in the door there, the the average person's gonna pay about 10 X what one ticket costs. Because the ticket's only 400 bucks. You're gonna pay about 4,000 to get one of those golden tickets. And he'll sell those hundred out because it'll be his biggest supporters. Like that gives him a roadmap and a runway, running conferences, running events. So he has some cash, some, some, some some path right to go market to go sell i mean i ran my event it's hard to fill an event you know that it's hard to get that kind of like getting that influx from your biggest supporters nobody would have went out and bought 10 tickets right away you know nobody would have said oh i'm gonna buy 10 so i can scalp them later but Mm -hmm. he'll have 100 people that'll buy a really really cool nft in order to get some really cool access
1: so can you share some of your favorite tips from your book if somebody just really wanted to get like you know under the hood
0: my biggest tip from the book I, let me give you two things it's build a one-to-many relationship with people so get comfortable having conversations with people listening and watching lisa and I are having a conversation right now and there's going to be an audience of people that are going to consume this it's a different world when this happens it's a different world when there's a live audience so the very first thing the whole first part of the book that we focus on is getting comfortable in that type of environment the relationship of that. So It's intimidating. It can be it intimidating.
1: Is. Yeah, when I first when Clubhouse first, you know, started a boom last December and January of 2021, I was not in a good mental mindset and I was just like completely like what do I say? intimidated, just you know, it was, it was overthinking it, you know, now looking back in hindsight, but, you know, for somebody that isn't really that used to being in those live event arenas, and it's just very kind of like awkward because you don't really see what's going on. So what a you know, sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, it, no, it can be intimidating. It's not for everyone, but once you do it once or twice, it's fine.
0: And it was, to me, it was the opposite because speaking at big events was always intimidating for me, not because of the audience, but because I hate to put together presentations, I hate to put together the pitch to, pres- to pitch myself as a speaker. Those things are mental blocks for me. But you put me on a stage or you put me in a conversation with Lisa, man, I'm just as comfortable as I get. So for me, Clubhouse, and for you, maybe, it would be the easiest thing in the world because you you just work off the cuff you're just always on your toes. I mean, you know, Lisa Dilling and PR, I'm sure you've had people that are always prepped and planned and then you have the opposite person that just always runs, runs wild. And, you know, and, and that's what Clubhouse allowed me to do was just be me. So that's what we focused the first half on. So I could see it being intimidating for someone who's a little bit more structured, who likes a little bit more planning. And I can also see the, the flip side of that. Second big tip I'll give you is you have to create your own rooms because then it's not intimidating anymore. What's intimidating is going in and trying to find a place on someone else's stage, trying to find a place in someone else's conversation, trying to prove yourself, trying to flex, you know, this is my bio, this is what I've done, look how good I am, I'm worthy. What's easier is hitting the button and creating your own room and having some people come in and having your own conversations because then it's your energy and your vibe you know, Lisa, I run some rooms. I'll talk for 30 minutes, just me on stage. I'll have 100, 200 people there listening to me, just live. I'll just talk, just like you and I are now, but it'll just be me. Then I'll invite a couple people up and I'll shut it down. So, it, many, it gives, go ahead. Yeah,
1: how, I was gonna say, how many times a week do you go live on Clubhouse, and what's your uh, recommendation? Like, if oh, somebody I, was just starting to wanted to just start a room, do you think it's like once a week, or how do you start out?
0: It could be. I, I, I think you split your time four ways. You spend about 10% of your time on Clubhouse listening. Now, this is going to shift. You might listen a little bit more at first, I understand. But you spend about 10% of your time listening to content, feeling what it's like to be in the audience. You spend about 40% of your time in a either a formalized collaboration phase, like you and I are right now, or in a contribution phase where you may walk into a room and just raise your hand and stumble into a really interesting conversation and play along and then you're gonna spend 50% of your time creating. So 50% of your time in a non-creation phase, 50% of your time as the creator, the one that starts the room, but 90% of your time on Clubhouse with a microphone in your hand. And that's a key because you wanna be on the stage. You want to have the opportunity to unmute and and talk. So when you're just getting started, you're going to listen way more because you got to you got to get your sea legs. You got to figure it out and then you're going to roll in. The next logical thing is, well, now I'm going to raise my hand and start getting on stages and start contributing and collaborating. And what that's going to do is start to build some relationships with people who like to talk about the same things as you. And then you can get into a normal cadence. Now, if you're those are kind of just getting started, people. But you know, Lisa, if you already have an audience somewhere else, Clubhouse is wide open. So you could just build into your normal cadence of a weekly or monthly basis, a Clubhouse room. So you could say, for example, every Thursday, we're gonna have happy hour on Clubhouse. And, and you just bring your audience from your Facebook group or from your Discord server, or from your email list or your community and they all just meet in that one same place. You can even have them all in one club on Clubhouse and keep it private and not let anyone else in. So it's just private for your community, but you get the vibe and the energy of Clubhouse. It works out really well that way too.
1: What do you think about Clubhouse versus Twitter Spaces or Facebook's new, I think it's Facebook rooms or the audio rooms that they have now?
0: Um, Great question. Uh, I think Clubhouse is more advanced than where Facebook and Twitter Spaces are. Twitter Spaces, you have to have 300 followers to have spaces. You don't on Clubhouse. There's limitations on Twitter spaces. It's kind of glitchy right now. It's got some perks, you know. If you have a Twitter following, it kind of works. If you're just getting started out and you don't have a Twitter following, I just find the UI and I find the community at Clubhouse just more embracing in all honesty. They're they just kind of open. It's social first, it's social audio first. So it's not like, let's let's text, let's text, let's text, and then maybe we'll get some audio going. It's just you just go into Clubhouse and have conversations. And you can conversate about anything. So I like the social audio first side of Clubhouse. Now, Green Room, that Spotify launched, it it popped up for a minute. It was like a little blip and it dropped back down. I think social audio is just going to happen. And I think each platform, kind of like stories, each platform will kind of have their own little take on social audio and the way they play it out. So I'm a big fan of social audio. My book, actually, I, I wrote it in a way. It's not a tactical Clubhouse book at all. I didn't wanna write tactics. I wanted to write strategy on relationships. And I wrote it in a way that, yes, it's Clubhouse, but if you replace it with any other social audio app, it makes sense. So it's it's just a relationship app, but I think Clubhouse is here to stay. I mean, I've seen rooms, when I woke up this morning at about 4 a.m. East Coast time, there was 3,000 people in one room having a conversation on Clubhouse. That's, wow. I mean, that's that's a lot of people. So maybe, maybe Twitter spaces has it. Maybe Facebook does too. Those are all awesome, but there's people everywhere. Let's just, I mean, yeah, just go grab them.
1: Okay. So I know that you wake up earlier than 5.00 AM. Cause you start your coffee at 5.00 AM on discord. So just walk me through a day in the life of Gary Henderson. Like, when do you take breaks? Like productivity wise, like how do you, how do you get shit done that when you, because you, it seems like you're you're answering a lot on discord. You're on clubhouse a lot. What do you do in between? And like, what are maybe some behind the scenes tips that you can give that? Cause it seems overwhelming, you know, to do everything that you're doing. So how do you manage your time? Basically?
0: I really don't do anything else. Okay. So I show up <laughs> for three calls a week. I have a coaching call every Thursday or sorry, every Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern. I have a town hall every Wednesday at four o'clock Eastern and I have a coaching call every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Those are my three scheduled events for the week. And other than that, I I don't show up for anything. I say no to everything else. And I leave my schedule open to go with the flow of the creativity. Now I have a full team. So I have team that supports everything. I have really a a co-founder. I met my co-founder on Clubhouse and we have a SaaS company that we're building to help other creators do what I'm doing. And he runs a big segment of our team for me. He's based in Africa. His name's Tess. He's brilliant. He's the exact opposite of me. He hates talking on stages. He, I, I mean, I think he and I have maybe had a voice conversation maybe three times in our entire lives. But he likes to code. He likes to create things. So I come up with visions and ideas. And he goes and brings stuff to life. So that's what I spend my day on is having that's a, that's a good secret
1: is you have yeah. a yin and yang relationship with your partner. So he's, you know, you're the kind of like the front guy that is very social. And then you have your partner behind the scenes that's handling all the technical stuff. And I think that's awesome. Sorry. And he's
0: brilliant at it. I mean, just brilliant at it. I said, man, it would be amazing if I could see how much Gary coin was in my rooms. I went on TikTok, Lisa, and I watched people on TikTok live make Hundreds, thousands of dollars getting roses and hearts and gifts from their supporters. And I was like, well, this is pretty fascinating. I bet I could figure this out on Clubhouse. Yeah. Got $150,000 in my room this morning. <laughs> like I figured it out. I just said, hey, Tess, can you show me how many Gary Coin are in my room? And we built screen overlays for Clubhouse so I know who has Gary Coin and how much money they have when they're in my rooms. I can shout them out, I can call them out. I have automation built to where they can pop up on stages. So having a creative mind and being able to partner with someone like Tess that can go build and bring all these things to life and then building a SaaS that will eventually exit, I have such an incentive to grow my brand so big. So that's all I focus on every day is how do I get another opportunity? How do I leave space for a new opportunity? I mean, I speak to probably five to 6,000 people a day on Clubhouse, just moving in and out of rooms. My replays on Clubhouse, I've got, I counted, I had 24 replays, and I've already topped 1,000 views on my replay so far. And replays just mm-hmm. came out. So it's just grow the brand, grow the brand, grow the brand, eyes forward, and know every single person that comes in and buys Gary Coin, joins the community, supports, they are going to leave at some point in time. You have them as long as you do you always have to replace so just keep like just keep moving keep moving keep moving and eventually you hit some some you know domino effects or some you know some some nice points that that start to to create some momentum
1: any tips you can share on building you know starting a discord community and how many people are behind the scenes on that seems like you know you have some support
0: staff there I do, but you don't have to have it. So biggest tip I'll give you when you start a Discord community is start with one channel and get everyone into that one channel having a conversation. We try to, we say, oh my goodness, Discord, we could have a channel about Clubhouse and a channel about PR and a channel about this. And if you don't have a lot of people, then it's a ghost town. So what you want is you want like one or two channels, just really simple and easy. And you want to give them a reason to be there. Why are they in that community? What kind of announcement? What kind of updates? What kind of gifts? uh, Why are they there? What are they talking about? So when you keep it simple, if you can grind it out really quickly and get to maybe your first hundred or so, and you say like, for example, every Tuesday, we're going to do something. So then everybody comes in every Tuesday and then you start growing it again and you add another event or you add another reason. Eventually you'll start to build a cadence where they come back. You know, we started doing our coffees in Discord every morning because I needed to get our community there. And now we're up. We get twenty-five or thirty people every morning having coffee with me somewhere in the world. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
1: I would really like now. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like. It's a motivation for me to get up early. I do your coffee, you know. Then by like five thirty or six, it's like I just like I don't know. Another two hours in my day is making such a huge difference, and it's motivating. And especially, you know, we're in this post-pandemic work from home mode where there's not that like everyday interaction, like, you know, before the pandemic, like we would see people at the office, you know, consistently. And I, I, that's what I really love about, especially like 5 a.m. At first I was like, this is insane. Like there was, I think I messaged you a couple of times. So is it 5 a.m. Eastern time? <laughs> like, are you sure? And then you were telling me that people still come from Pacific time, I'm like, okay. It's a 24 seven world, but it and really it is. is motivating. Yeah. It's, it's a very motivating thing to get up at five and have coffee with you and your community. And I really love that. How would you best describe who's the best candidate to join your community?
0: A creator. I mean, literally I, I live in Puerto Rico and just before we got on this call today, someone joined my community and they have an art gallery here in Puerto Rico. So they could be a PR professional they could be a uh, web designer, they could be a visual artist, anyone that's creative and would like to make money from being a creator, or anyone who likes to support creators and would like to be around creators, that's the perfect person. So, you know, if you, like musicians, it's, I mean, we have like Grammy Award or Grammy nominated musicians, BT, a brilliant musician bt's in our community we have i don't know if you remember did you watch american idol season one yes. justin Guarini and kelly yeah justin Guarini owns a giraffe wow that's he's so in our awesome. community so yeah. so like it's creative people like if if that's you then then you belong to or you fit or you can find a home at gary club and we're there to help you too Help you support you, help you grow, you know, help you find a team, help you fill the little gaps because everybody has their own little mission. Like we have two people right now. They met in our community. They built a relationship. One's a little bit more vocal, one's a little bit more quiet, both super smart. They're partnering together to launch their own creator coin. Like how cool is that? It all happened inside yeah, my yeah. Discord server.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So for those that are listening that aren't that advanced and like, I don't think there's anybody that can really say that they're an NFT expert or a Metaverse expert or oh, not a, not at all. nobody's really an expert. So it's, this is, there's not any stupid questions here, but so I started noticing probably like four or five months ago, why are these people turning their Twitter avatars into apes? And Gary, why do you have a giraffe? This is before I knew what was going on. Why is your, you know, this is like not making any sense whatsoever. So can you explain that whole, how this this is all come to be and what it really means? And
0: Well, we we want to be something we're kind of not. We want to stand for something that's a little bit bigger than us. We want to belong. And that's what it allows us to do. We want to be part of something. You know, if you have a bored ape you you have something that like Steph Curry has well he's in the NBA you have something that Post Malone has well he's a really cool musician well there's only 10,000 of them that exist in the world so you're one of 10,000 people that have one of these what it, it's it's the most exclusive access to the Yacht Club or the social club and it's an equity play because you know normally you would buy the membership or you buy the event ticket and it would be over well, May of 2021 is when the Bored Ape Yacht Club launched. They launched for 0.0, 0 is about $300 an ape. The cheapest one you can buy today on the 6th of December is over $200,000.
1: I was looking at that. It's it's I was trying to explain it to my husband. I don't have an affinity to the Bored Ape Club, but I do like obsessed with World of Women. And like I'm trying to figure out who's going to give me that or how I'm going to win a world of women and it's just like so brilliant. And, you know, speaking of women, like I think the stat is like 5% of artists in the NFT community are women. So there's such a, you know, like if you're a creator and you're a woman, like join your club so that you can really understand, like how you can take advantage of this opportunity. And it's just so cool, like just seeing this transition into Web 3.0 and the creativeness that's behind it. And all of these, like every day something new is happening. It's like every day is like literally like seven days. You know, I think that's what, what, what was being said last week. It's like happening so quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lisa Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. she has a world of women in FT. I know, I know. I'm obsessed so with if you. if you had one-
1: I know. Then you that's...
0: would be that close to Reese I'm... Witherspoon. One it's, of like 10,000 in the world.
1: Me help me get one. I'm serious. <laughs> Whoever's listening. Literally, a, a year of, wait, like, I'll do whatever for PR services. <laughs> I want a world of women. I want, I, like, it, it's just so, it's so cool. Like, I know exactly and, what you're.
0: And you feel it now. See, Lisa, I spent, I spent a lot of ETH. Like, a lot of ETH. I, I went in and out of about 60 or 70 different NFT communities over a two month period, because I wanted to feel what you're feeling right now. I wanted to feel all the different emotions. I wanted to feel what it felt like to really want that NFT. And I want you to get it ever how you acquire it, because I want you to feel what it feels like when you get it and see if it meets all the hype that you put on it. Like you're real excited, you want it.
1: Yeah, like I was just thinking this in the middle of the night. I'm like, okay, so uh, since I started like really getting into this over the past month or two, Everybody that I talk to is kind of like in the same mode. Is there some like, I don't know, Kool-Aid that we're mysteriously drinking through like the whole Bitcoin thing that like all of a sudden you all you like how many times I say NFT in my head is pretty scary. We, we want okay. to belong.
0: Like right. the reason why you go back to PubCon or you go back to the conference is you want to be with your friends. Right. Yeah. And now we take it every, like we take it virtual with us. Yeah. Like you want to belong. And the best part of it is you don't have to pay again so once you buy it for whatever price you happen to buy it for then it's yours yeah you own it so yeah. now you don't have to worry it's like if times get tough well you could sell it or you could just keep it like times are tough no problems i'm just going to hold it and i'll use it again later just such a cool opportunity you've got to get one somebody's somebody's going to help you get one the, I universe, know. the this,
1: universe is coming i can feel it i can feel maybe it. maybe
0: this maybe this episode right here will get you uh, yeah. a World of women nft
1: So what are your predictions for the next 12 months when it comes to, like, let's just start with, where do you see public relations happening over the next 12 months and shifting?
0: I think we're gonna flip more into a, I see more and more creators or more and more journalists or more, like Substack building their own micro communities, building their own newsletters. Like I see the resurgence of that happening and I see PR becoming less about how do I, and mainstream still, it still counts. I heard this morning though. I don't, I mean, somebody said that Simon Cowell's primetime audience used to be 28 million. Now it's 1.8 million. I don't know that to be true or false. I didn't fact check it. But what I do know is there's power in those micro influence points. There's power in those Substack newsletters. I mean, Substack's giving journalists massive cash to come over and fund them for a year just to start writing for them. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, a lot more of how do we get into this newsletter? How do we attach to this influencer? How do we put this strategy together in a Web3 world? Because that's the energy. I mean, there's. The Board Ape Yacht Club yesterday or the day before just topped 1 billion with a B dollars in secondary sales logged on OpenSea since May. 1 billion dollars since May. Now, if you could get the right influencers from the Board Ape Yacht Club to do the right thing, it just it's a, it's an influencer play. So I think Web or PR 3.0 is going to lean into influencers heavily in a web 3.0 space. I think it's gonna decentralize a lot of it. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I think another example would be just leveraging owned media. So being able to like leverage your own room and clubhouse and be the media versus relying on the media. And one great example, actually two examples. So Deepak Chopra, I don't know if you follow him, Hmm. but I mean, he does an amazing job at just using Facebook live multiple times a day sometimes, you know, and it's not perfect. It's like him and his, you know, wherever hotel room or oh. you know his house in new york and then the other one that i think is doing just you could just get inspiration from these two so suzanne summers she doesn't rely on any type of product she has an instagram live every monday wednesday and friday where she her husband is the guy behind the camera just the iphone she drinks her tequila and talks about whatever she's launching that week from you know her she has a lot of like health products and supplements and skincare and there's no studio she's not relying on any type of you know big production and it just shows you that like she can afford it but she is choosing to go direct to her audience through her own channel through you know low level tech which is totally fine and her audience loves it and i just think like the raw real direct audience owned media Like you said, it's not going to replace – you know, we still
0: would love – Mr. Beast was the number one YouTube video again.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: right. Rachel Ray, I'm a huge fan of Rachel Ray. Like, guilty pleasure, love Rachel Ray. When the pandemic hit and her husband was her cameraman at home, the shows were so much better. I was so more engaged. I was in her kitchen. How cool was that? I don't want to go back to the studio. I want to be in her kitchen. I want to see her husband make the drink. Like, I want – I, I mean, that's where we're headed. I, I think that yeah. I think we're in for a big disruption in the next several years.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the pandemic broke down so many barriers that we thought we had to hold the bar here. And really, if you think about it, it was just you know, everybody was making unnecessary money okay. through those you know systems and processes and high quality this and you need to have this equipment and that equipment. And I just think that it makes, it's really leveling the playing fields from, a, from an earned media standpoint, relationship building through Clubhouse, through Discord, you know, Facebook isn't our only game in town anymore. We don't have to feel controlled by it. I just think like the whole decentralization of everything is very freeing and very exciting. Like I'm the most excited I've been literally since I graduated college, I think, you know, uh, like, it's more too. exciting than Web 2.0
0: it's it's so much fun this is the most fun I've ever had like I wake up excited every single day and it's just like oh well we can we can twist here we can turn here it's just it's so fun
1: you're right you're right okay so what are you most excited
0: about though I want to ask you like like what's your most exciting thing for the next 12 months like what are you most excited about other than getting a world of women NFT like what (laughs) excites Lisa
1: yeah, so I'm most excited right now that I don't have any clients and that I am out of the whole agency life world. And, you know, it was great while I did it. And it was kind of like my Lisa Buyer 2.0. And now I'm going into Lisa Buyer 3.0. And I'm much more excited. I feel like I have a more purposeful focus on the brand Female Disruptors, which we're having that event that I told you about in January. And, I, it's been just like so gratifying and so much more purposeful in what I'm doing versus the whole agency model. I I believe that the agency model is completely broken and we'll see what happens next year, but I'm out of it. And, you know, I'm in that ramp up mode for female disruptors. I think that's going to be huge. And my whole concept is what you were talking about too, going one to many instead of one to one, like one to many is what, where like we need to be right now versus one-to-one like we're actually wasting our energy going one-to-one because we I believe you know like we have so much to offer one-to-many that I want to be able to give that and give that in in quantity and not you know just like one at a time and you know it's that's that to me is more draining than going one-to-many one-to-many is exciting
0: I think that's so exciting I'm so happy for you like (laughs) like it's Looking at, at your journey and it's a lot of the journey I made over the last year, it's it's gonna be mind blowing. Like and, and you're getting to do it at such a cool time because the last twelve months or so has accelerated a lot more. Like NFTs are mainstream now. We have the board API Club, we have V Friends, we have all of these new things, we have OpenSea doing all this transaction volume, we have You know, Coinbase launching an NFT platform. We have all these things that are at your disposal now that weren't there maybe 12 months or 18 months ago. So so I was going to wait to tell you.
1: I was going to wait to tell you till we're done, you know, off recording, but I'll just say it now because I'm so excited about it. We've halfway announced it. So the NFT collection that we're doing with Female Disruptors event is going to be the Female Disruptor Buddha. And so my daughter and I are collaborating over Christmas break, and we're creating these female Buddhas through using acrylic paint. And we're one is going to be themed technology female Buddha, the health and wellness female Buddha, the marketing female Buddha. And we're going to take those and create an NFT collection that we'll announce after January 1st. But the whole, the whole theme of it is the female disruptor Buddha and we're just i'm so excited to be collaborating with my daughter on this art the art part of it the creative part of it and then turning them into the nft collection
0: yeah so you know you'll be able to if you choose to have her set up her own wallet and give her a piece of that royalty forever and ever and ever as a creator with you
1: well i'm trying to explain that to a 19 year old like kennedy you know, you actually can, this is a huge opportunity. You don't have to babysit. You don't have to be a hostess during college. You, this is a, a way for you to really like learn and also maybe, you know, make who knows how much, like even if it's whatever, a month, like just it's such a cool way to make money right now. And, you know, she's very artistic and I we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that.
0: It's such a cool way to to take care of an artist and partner together. You know, someone like you that, that wants to collab or someone like me, I'm not an artist. That's not just, that's not my creative strength. So I partnered and actually commissioned an art team to bring my art to life and paid them through that whole process. So there's yeah, so many awesome. paths here in this world.
1: Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. Like you, we'll have to connect again, invite you back next year at the beginning of the year and see where we are with everything. And connect back and everybody please like check out gary on clubhouse like he it's very inspiring join us on discord for the the coffee talk every every morning at 5 a.m is that on weekends too
0: i do it seven days a week Whoa! i I wake (laughs) up see i mean lisa i just wake up early and everybody's asleep in the house and i'm gonna have coffee anyway and why not just have a moment to connect with the community and i ideate, and we brainstorm together it's just it's such a cool it's just such a cool i mean you you know the vibe but it's i'm yeah. gonna do it anyway and i do it when i travel i just put my headset in yeah i i haven't missed i don't think i've missed the day in like six months
1: when did you start the community march i mean that's what i love everybody that i'm talking to you know, World of Women launched in July. Boss Beauties launched in September. Oh. You launched in March. Like, everybody, this is like nobody's been doing it a year.
0: No, literally. It's all new. It's all and new. And it's
1: so fun. Like, that's the part I love about it that it's just so new and fresh and everybody's figuring it out and it's creative. So, join Gary on his Discord um, community. Check him out on Clubhouse. Check his book out. All the links will be in the show notes. And, I'll be seeing you tomorrow morning for coffee, Yuri. All
0: right, thank you so much, Lisa.
1: Thank you.